You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome into this episode of Big Drive Energy. What a fun freaking 2020 Masters that was. We're going to get into all of that today, recapping how it was by far the most record-setting Masters ever played. There was different, you know, we, we talked about how different it was going to be being in November and all the split tee times and everything like that. Um, but we'll get into how different it really was, all the records being set. Congratulations to Dustin Johnson. I'm sure we'll talk about his performance, record-setting performance as well. Um, but first of all, we want to tell you guys about WGT Golf. WGT Golf is not only the most popular golf game in the world, but it's the official gaming partner of DNVR. So it's become so popular now, we have a third country club, which I, Big Drive Spence, am a part of. Each country club holds up to 250 people. So if you don't want to feel left out anymore, you can go to the App Store, download WGT, join the DNVR three country club, and we will host a weekly tournament with awesome giveaways. We did the Masters this past weekend. We got another tournament coming up this weekend, which we will release shortly. But it's a great time. You can go over there and play golf yourself if you're in a state or a place where you can't play golf currently in in the out in the open, out in the actual green grass. Uh, you can head over to WGT and play against all of us. And all you have to do, you don't even have to win. All you have to do is play, send us a screenshot to our pinned tweet, um, there's a lot of different cool courses you get to play in and really is one of the most realistic golf games, if not the most realistic golf game on a phone I've ever seen. So head over to the DNVR 3 Country Club, join, play close to the pin or whatever tournament we've got that weekend, and then you can win awesome DNVR swag. We give it out every single week. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome in my co-host, Big Drive Mitch. What's up, man? How you doing? 
I'm doing great. What a fun, fun week that was. Um, I've, I've never personally been able to watch the mass that much of the masters because usually it's, it's April. We're busy at work. So the fact that it was played in November gave us the opportunity to watch almost all of it, which was really, really cool. I mean, I was pretty much watching wire to wire. I'd say I saw about 70 to 80% of the, the golf shots that were televised at least, but it was such a fun week to watch. Um, so what a, what a week in general. I've never, never seen so many birdies. I've never seen such soft greens and it really does make for fun viewership. It, uh, me personally, I, I think the, the course is a little bit more fun to watch when it's, it's eating guys up, but I think DJ, regardless of the course condition this week, was was just so red hot that uh, it, it was going to be tough to stop in one way or the other. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, and the thing that, like you mentioned, what was really cool about this Masters is not only was it uh, you know televised and we got to watch most of it because it was a little later in the year where we're not working as much at the course, but the actual television coverage of it, it was more it was more covered than any other Masters ever. If if you know, I mean you can always watch highlights and stuff on the Masters app, which if you didn't get that this year, make sure you download that next year. It's kind of a five day, six day a, a year app, but we only have hundred and forty days until the next Masters, so make sure you download that Masters app because there's you can go to any player at any point and watch their hole that they just played every single shot. That's how much coverage there was. But it was also nice because we didn't you like you said you didn't really have to miss anything like normally in the masters thursday and friday they don't have the coverage till middle of the day afternoon time and you're already you know you're missing guys that are 3 4 under on the course starting the day and this one you could wake up here in colorado at freaking 5:30 in the morning and start watching <laughs> and and it was on espn plus it was you could watch featured groups you could watch amen corner you could watch 4 and 5 you could watch 15 16 uh, just a blast all around and great job by those the people you know I think that's one of the things that is kind of cool about not having you know attendees and, and not having patrons not only at the Masters but at most sporting events now is you get kind of a different look and more on field on course kind of you can hear caddies talking you get commentary from the players it's not just like the crowds roaring which you know, that is one of the most fun parts of the Masters, but at the same time, we know in this year, in 2020, it's just not going to be the same uh, all the way around. But overall, I think the Masters did a great job of just covering it, getting everybody into into it, and they kind of had a chance, you know, other than Sunday. I mean, luckily, they did finish before most of football. I think they lost a little bit of viewership then. Normally, in April, everybody's pretty locked into just the Masters, so... Um, but they did a good job of covering it. Everybody could, you could see every shot. You, they did a good job of, other than some awful commentary by a, someone I will not mention. Um, it was a pretty well covered masters all the way around. You, you talking about Sir Nick Faldo or? No, I'm talking about MWW. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Phenomenal yeah, right. golfer, but she is rough in the broadcast booth. Well, I saw the video on Twitter that she was, like, talking about the cut line. Uh, she's like, on Thursday, I usually take the, the lead, and or I, I take how many I'm behind and multiply it by two, and then divide it by two. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? That is the exact same number. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
you could just take that number and actually just leave it. <laughs> yeah, when I heard that, I was like, that's got to be a joke. I don't know exactly what she was getting out there. But even Nick Faldo bugs me a hair because he's got that air about him where he had, he did win a lot. But that's the thing that a lot of people don't know, and that's why Nick Faldo and like Johnny Miller and some of those guys got away with so much in uh, the commentary booth. But they, a lot of those guys really don't know the golf swing. They know how, what, what tournament play is like. I mean, they've been there. They've done that. So that's huge. But for them to be commenting on guys' golf swings and what they're doing correct or incorrect, that's just not true. Like, I, it's so frustrating to listen to at times where, um, I mean, you, Justin Thomas – I remember a few months ago, Nick Faldo made a comment to, about Justin Thomas's swing on TV, and Justin Thomas is like, "You're completely wrong." Um, you know, I, it just doesn't make any sense. But I do like their commentary or his commentary for the fact of he's been there, he's been in that situation, so he knows he knows what it feels like to play in that situation. So, for the most part, I really do like it. And Jim Nance is a uh, pros pro and I do love Scott Van Pelt Scott Van Pelt um, apparently so does Justin Thomas <laughs> I don't know if you saw that video where uh, he was talking to Scott Van Pelt and he goes well you'll probably be talking to Jim Nance tomorrow and Justin <clears throat> Thomas just goes I love you I mean <laughs> I'd love to but you, you're great too <laughs> and he just goes I love you it's like I love you man that's, but, that's um, funny I did not see that but yeah, Je- yeah Scott Van Pelt's just gold and everything he touches man that guy is incredible at covering any sport anytime he he was kind of one of the first guys in the in the face of the whole corona when Rudy Gobert got tested positive and the NBA shut down he was right there ready to rock and he just doesn't miss a beat he could he could do any sport and I'd, I'd listen uh, and I'd tune in I was for gonna sure. say his, his late night show is, is my favorite of all time and uh, it's just that I don't want to get into it too much but a lot of the older staffers that have been around ESPN are, are the only good ones we got left and SVP is at the head of that charge so yeah yeah him doing the masters him doing basketball anything I could I could listen to that dude talk about science I I don't care I, it's just one of those things so yeah I really enjoyed most of the commentary overall I didn't actually get to hear Michelle Wee um, I saw a few clips but I, I heard it was slightly rough I don't know if she's gonna quite do it <laughs> going forward um, but yeah that's that's always a fun part just to, to hear guys that have been there talk about situational golf and some of the shots they need to hit. And, and another thing that I thought was pretty crazy was a lot of the guys, and I mentioned it before this week, but a lot of, it, it is a, a, a left-to-right second-shot golf course for the most part. And um, so many guys were hitting fades into those greens. It was nuts. I almost felt like faders were better off so, if we go through it real quick, DJ was fading the ball all week, um, pretty much everywhere. Kepka was fading it all week. Rory was probably working it a little bit, but he hit quite a few fades. I'd say um, Answer is a drawer of the ball, and he fell off on Sunday. But other than that, I'd say Cameron Smith was probably one of the only guys at the top of the leaderboard. That dude, if you try to 
have him work it left to right is just not going to happen. You can tell by his club face position at the top, um, almost everything he does in his swing is, is built for a draw. So he's not working that many shots left to right. But other than that, a lot of guys at the top of the leaderboard were working balls left to right almost all week. And I think partially with the, the softness of the course made it a little easier because a lot of those fairways, if you land it in the fairway, you're hitting the fairway. And that's not the case in a lot of masters. So even I'm sure you saw Tiger, he was hitting like 40 yard slices. Yeah. He did not look, he did not look very uh, tight with the driver, but this is the week where you could get away with it. You land it a yard from the rough. It's staying a yard from the rough. You know what I mean? It was, it was a different animal. Oh yeah, exactly. So, well, let's get into, we'll, we'll save DJ for last. We'll talk about his performance very last. Um, but let's get into some of our other performances, either good or bad from the week that we, uh, are going to highlight a little bit. I'll start with my guy, Cam Smith. He was the only pick that I had that ended up winning. Unfortunately, um, I gave out, I gave out uh, Rory to win, which came up a little short. He ended up top five. I gave out Bubba Watson to be be a top five, and he shit himself all week. Um, I gave out Cam Smith to be top ten at plus five fifty. So if you bet one unit on all of my bets, basically you came out plus a unit and a half. So not a bad overall week. Uh, I didn't pick the winner. Sometimes it's frustrating when these obvious guys win golf tournaments because you give all these picks and you do this research and then you get to the end and you're like wow i should have known that the one of the best the number one overall player in the world was going to come in here and, and win at augusta yeah it almost just seems too obvious to pick guys like that it wouldn't be any fun if we came on the podcast and we'd be like oh yeah it's it's gonna be dustin johnson and guess what everyone else inside the top 10 in the world's got a shot too you know yeah pick, picking all top 10 guys is never it's definitely there's a reason they're there in the top 10 but it's never that much fun you know you want to pick dark horses and the value is just not there um for some of those bets you know it's especially guys in the top 10 in the world their odds are are just way too crazy to to make sense of unless you're throwing what was dj plus 1200 i think he was like Um, plus yeah plus a thousand or plus 1200 or something like that to start that was actually fairly good odds i mean if you threw 50 or 100 on that then you're making some decent money but yeah bryson was of course the odds on favorite and we'll get into a little bit of what his tournament looked like i've got a few things (laughs) to add to that but Cam Smith was just impressive all week. Uh, first of all, his, short game, unbelievable. First of all, his look is phenomenal. The penguin shirts, the dirty mustache, the flat bill, short little Australian dude. Immediately became our favorite cousin Cam. I don't think he's a short dude, but he's just kind of a weird looking goofy dude. He, um, but yeah, somebody <laughs> tweeted us on our DNVR golf account, and they were like, "Did Cam shave his stash?" I was like, "No, it's just bad lighting." <laughs> you know, it, it's so th- paper thin that. Uh, you can only and it's blonde, I think, too. So you only see it in the in the proper light. But yeah, he's got the dirty stash. He's got kind of the trailer park boys look going on. And I don't think we've ever seen as much flow, as much lettuce as we did at this year's Masters. I mean, Abram Answer is an absolute beauty. His yeah. hair is is off the hook. I was like, oh my god, I want that dude's hair. Um, and same with Cam Smith. A lot of the guys were were rocking the the long flow out of the back, and I think we talked about that. But just goes to show you kind of the 
the new wave of golf, you know, it doesn't have to be high and tight anymore. Although Tiger does need to take it home. He needs to shave his head because I think it was Thursday before his round or maybe even Wednesday. I was like, oh, my God, he looked like uh, who it was like that professor with all the hair shooting all over the place. He had like two gray hairs, just like shooting straight out. And then he had like 10 other hairs on the top of his head. So that's. That's not a good look. Just just take it on home, bro. Yeah, exactly. I think you could see like a full-on bald head. It's like LeBron James kind of look coming out of the back of his hair. I was like, oh my god, that's awful. Oh yeah, you can even see it under the hat, like the horseshoe forming. Under, I'm like, oh Jesus, dude. Yeah. Something. You have way too much money to look like that. Exactly. But uh, so shout out to Cam Smith winning me some money. He also set a record. Um, he was the first ever player to shoot all four rounds in the 60s at Augusta National and that just goes to show you how good like I said we'll get into it in a bit but how good DJ was when a player can set a record for shooting four rounds in the 60s which means no worse than you shot 12 under you know and he it was by far the lowest score to ever lose a Masters yeah he had a few uh 60 he had a 67 in there 68 so he shot 15 under which normal years that wins probably wins the masters or, or has him right there and i think he got to i think there was one point on sunday where dustin johnson had bogeyed i think four and five back to back and he I was think he at, got one shot behind and he was at yeah. 16 and cam was at 15 so it got a little bit intense there but knowing all those par fives on the back which dustin johnson just owned all week you just knew that it was going to have to be – Cam was going to have to get to 17, 16, 17, 18, something like that to even have a chance at the end. And then turns out it was a full-on 20-under record-setting Masters, which I think is actually kind of cool, 20-under in 2020. There hasn't been much good this year um, and in this in year in, in general in 2020. But that – so I think 2020 is going to be – it's going to want to leave a lot of people's minds very quickly once New Year's Eve comes, except for guys like Dustin Johnson finally winning his first Masters. Um, but also – so my other pick, um, Rory, I want to talk about him a little bit. He actually – so he shot 75 in the first round, which killed him, basically, especially get, knowing where he had to get at the end at 20 under. He had no chance from there, but I, I was looking up some of Rory's Masters, and he's always a, one of the favorites to win. He's got the game. you know. He's been in a ton of top 10s and majors, and, and Augusta kind of suits his game sometimes, and he can get really hot. But he actually beat Dustin Johnson by one in the last three rounds. Um, so that just goes to show you how bad that, and now Dustin Johnson shot... 60 I believe 68 in the first round so or 67 so that basically Rory sat Friday well late Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday had a better better masters than Dustin Johnson but when you start yourself behind the eight ball at the 75 it's just you have no chance at coming back especially getting to 20 and Rory actually he's played in this is his 12th masters and in eight of the 12 masters he's played in he's had a score of 74 worse than ever in eight of those so wow yeah, that and like we've talked about, you can never win a tournament on a Thursday, but you can absolutely lose a tournament. And he battled back. I mean, even watching the guy, we talked about it on uh, Friday. He misses so many putts, and it, it's consistently he's missing putts, and he hits it so good that he's still making four or five, six birdies around, and he's missing four or five, definitely gettable putts that top players in the world when they're on they usually make but 
most weeks if you're watching Rory and his putter's hot, he's going to win. He's just that good of a ball striker week in, week out. And it is frustrating because I would actually say Rory um, is one of my favorite players in the world. And he's so much fun to watch, and you just root for him in that big moment. But a lot of the time, it it feels like he – I wouldn't say he doesn't care, but especially just having a daughter and being married and stuff, he seems like uh, kind of the family man type that uh, is pretty comfortable with where he's at. I think he wants to get the career in slam, obviously, and and still play good golf, but golf I don't think is his number one priority. So it it is kind of tough to um, find a guy like Tiger or like Jack Nicklaus um, that literally all they want to do is set records and go down as the GOAT. You know, I I don't think Rory necessarily has uh, the, not the dedication, but just the, the want. I mean, he's accomplished so much already. He's already a Hall of Famer, and he's in his early 30s, so. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's top eight in basically ever in money, one on the PGA Tour with just over $55 million. So, you know, he's, and he's basically done all he and he's still young that's what's amazing about Rory is he's still he's not an old old head yet he's no Bernhard Langer or Tiger Woods or even Phil Mickelson but he's got plenty of time to still win that Masters he just gotta he just can't have that 75 but like speaking to what you were saying I was watching him obviously very closely because I had money on him you know both in in Blackhawk and on DraftKings Sportsbook and uh, so I wanted him to win, you know, fill my pockets a little bit. But, dude, the amount of putts he misses, oh, my God. And I'm sure everybody was like that, you know, other than Dustin Johnson. But Dustin Johnson was just hitting it so close he couldn't miss some of those putts. But Rory could have easily shot in, you know, low, low – he could have shot the lowest round ever at the Masters at like a 62, 63, especially late, uh, late in his second round, early in his third round when he was coming on. Man, he made some – Oh, he just made some great golf shots and then just couldn't make anything. Yeah, and and really what impressed me the most about Dustin was he was hitting it great, but he made so many tough putts. Um, I tweeted it out on Sunday afternoon, but he laid up on both par fives, and I think he He birdied. He made birdie on both of them. Yeah, he birdied both of them, and uh, just... The, the left to right breaking putts, and especially for a right-handed player, most right-handed players really, really struggle with left to right putts. And me personally, I know I hate them. I would rather, I would rather have probably a seven or eight foot right to lefter than a five foot left to right putt. Yeah, well, because, and that's and explain it like basically that's just because it's easier to see the line when you're out in front. It's out in front of you versus yeah, when it's, it's across you. Exactly. It's it's working the balls working back towards your body with a right-to-left putt as a right-hander. So it's it's easier to to see that line and um, with left-to-righters, like you said. And the other tough thing, I think, that why people struggle with left-to-righters as right-handers is because you're already a little bit out on your toes because of the slope. So you kind of are leaning a little forward, and it's it, it, it makes it tough to, to get that equilibrium to where you feel like you can start it on the right line because a lot of people either push it right off the bat or they'll they'll compensate late and tug it and then they hit it 
three, four feet past the hole, and they just dead pull it a cup or two to the left. So to really get to match the pace in the line on left to righters as a right-hander is really tough. And and DJ, I remember um, the second par five, number 15, I was like, no way he makes this. This putt's breaking like two and a half, three cups. Or no, it was the first par five. I'm sorry, 13. Um, it, or is it 12? 12, it's 13, 13 to 15. Thir- 13 he had a that that pin was down in that bowl and he had uh he threw it kind of up on top and it came back down he had 12 or 14 feet probably and i swear it had to break three or four cups to the right and like i said that the only tougher putt for a righty than a a five foot left to right putt is a 10 or 15 foot left to right putt and he just throws it at i i was like what a dickhead dude he was just so hot he gave no one else a chance and as a viewer you know we talked about how you want it to come down to sunday afternoon on the back nine but it really didn't happen i mean there was a few points on the front where it got kind of close but it never really felt like he was out of control and that just goes to show you his the the diversity in his game is he can lay up on par fives and wedge it close and make four. He doesn't need to hit every five and two. And I don't think that was his intention when he laid up. He was trying to make par at worst, you know. He he already had a four or five shot lead, but he ends up making two birdies on the par fives on that back nine on Sunday. And just so freaking impressive, man. I I uh, I was shocked by just his ball striking overall coupled with his short game and his putting his wedge game was off the hook so yeah well so his 20 under is a record at a mat at the masters it's also a record at any major event it's the lowest 18 or 72 hole score at any major he's got 14 top 10s in majors and he also made so he made the fewest bogeys ever at augusta which that oh, was the, didn't he make two uh no i think he made he made a cup more than that he made two the uh, last day Okay, I, but basically, real quick, what I was what what I was talking about, Rory the last three days made two. Oh yeah, Rory. Bogeys. Yep. Dustin Johnson though made the fewest bogeys over a four day stretch ever at Augusta. So not only was he making so many birdies, he was so Dustin Johnson was eleven under on the par five. So basically, if he played every other hole at even par, the fours and the threes, he would have been and just played the par fives the way he did. He would have just he would have top five just off of that. So it just yeah, goes to show nice. you, you know, and and watching Augusta and if. I, you know, was so deep into it this year, probably more than I ever have been watching every single bit of coverage is those par fives are so key for scoring, especially at Augusta. Like you can't, the par fours are tough. A lot of them are, you know, they're tough to, you know, drive, get up there and in, in two and make a birdie putt. Dustin did plenty of that. But when you, you got to play the top, you got to play the par fives and six, seven under over the weekend to win at Augusta, especially. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, there's only four or five par fours out there that are gettable to make birdies. I mean, there's number 10 is 490. Um, there's set, uh, 17 is 450. There's so many of them that are, are really pretty pretty long. And I know Dustin Johnson probably had pitching wedge in on, on say, 17 and a few other times, but... Uh, on the longer par fours but they're just not near as scorable so there are just a lot of holes out there that you just want to make par and get out and and a birdie is just a bonus so he played the par fives really really well which is not surprising um and he 
hit a lot of really good iron shots, a lot of good wet shots. One other comment I wanted to make that I, I did not like was the Sunday pin on 16. I hated that it was in that, that top right. Um, Dude, so lame. Yeah, yeah, it was just so... Like, why would you do that? That is, if, if you could not change any pin location, you don't change that one. Like, it, it just makes for such a fun Sunday where you, you almost know somebody in the field or there, there's going to be at least a handful of guys that sniff a hole in one. Oh, yeah, you got to toss it back left where you can roll it, you know, you can land it at 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock. And right. Like, or, well, isn't it? Wouldn't it be back left by the water, and then they roll? They can land it right of it, and it rolls down to it, like where John Ron yeah, you, made the hole in yeah, one. You to, yeah, you toss it back right. So you land it. You land it at about like two o'clock. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you land it about like two o'clock, one o'clock, and let it filter back down, like Justin Thomas made one last year, and it is just such a a, a risk reward flag where guys coming down the stretch can can make birdies. Um, or bogeys, you know, depending on where where you hit it, and that that actually that middle right flag was fun, but it it just doesn't it's not right. I don't know why they would put it there. It yeah. just didn't make any sense. But one other guy I wanted to um, give a, a big shout out to that we haven't really talked much about is Sun J M. He also finished at fifteen under, and I. Okay, so we'll start with this. The guy's twenty-two years old. Yeah, he's he burst. He's bursting on the scene right now. He, well, he won. I think he won at Sawgrass. I think he won at Sawgrass. He won the players um, at the age of I think either twenty-one. I think he was twenty-one. But a f- quick fun fact about him: I I've read about him quite a bit. He doesn't. So he plays full time on the PGA Tour, and he doesn't own a place over here or even have a home. He literally goes hotel to hotel every single week. So he lives in a hotel about 30 to 40 weeks out of the year. He won the Honda Classic this year. Oh, it was a Honda. Okay, I'm sorry. Who was it? Never mind. Somebody won the uh, the players. Was it this year or last? No, the, they didn't finish the players this year. Uh, last year, somebody won the players. That was young. and Oh, it was, was it Siwoo Kim or something like that. Anywho. Uh, but he lives out of a hotel and so during the pandemic his mom actually I don't know if she travels with him full time but him and his mom stayed in a hotel room for the entire pandemic like talk about cabin fever you're staying in a hotel room for four or five months but the guy literally lives eats, breathes, sleeps, golf so he's 22 years old he's already uh, top 10 or top 15 in the world and the way he drove the ball this week was unbelievable like you could pick a blade of grass and tell him to hit it there and that's basically where he hit it he hit so many fairways he did hit a few poles but overall his swing is it's very deliberate um, his backswing is relatively uh, slow but then he, cr- he does create some good speed too and he just gave himself so many opportunities out of fairways that he uh just made a, a shitload of birdies, and he putted well too. I mean, you don't go out at Augusta and shoot fifteen under just from hitting it good. So that was another real fun performance, and kind of Cam Smith and him came out of nowhere a little bit. Um, it was his first ever Masters, I want to say. Sun J M, yeah, it was. So it was his first ever Masters, and his it, it was the best ever to par score in a Masters debut. 
uh, 15 under, it beat the record, the previous record by three shots. So just, you know, for him to come out and, and he's, he scared, scared the leader a few times and, um, Dude, like some of the shot, like his short game was unreal to me. Like that, that pitch shot he hit between the trees on fifteen on Sunday, and he somehow kept it short of the hole. I have hole, no yeah. idea how he did that. Dude, yeah, no that, idea. That shot is is damn near impossible. Take the trees out of play, but the fact that he hit it where he did. I mean, you DJ walked over to his caddy. Um, Sanjay was still walking up towards the green after the shot, but DJ walked over to his caddy and he's like, that's so fucking good. Like, <laughs> you could hear DJ was actually complimenting Sanjay M on that shot because that shot is, is nearly impossible. And he's still at that young age where he's not afraid to take those shots on. A lot of the more tenured guys are like, oh God, you know, they, they start thinking about leaving it short of the green, coming back to their feet, or they, they could hit it, get it going on the slope down, um, past the hole and it goes in the water so he's just got that kind of no fear mentality um but yeah he's he's super fun to watch and one other guy that we haven't talked about yet either is bernhard longer uh set the record for the oldest to ever make the cut at the masters what is he 63 and a half years old yep 63 that was my that was my dark horse pick he, he made that, that yeah that was pretty well done and the irony of the whole thing is um Longer was averaging just over 250 yards off the tee, and he ended up edging out Bryson DeChambeau by one shot for the entire tournament, and he was literally hitting it 100 yards shorter than him off the tee. Yeah, well, that's what that was going to be once we got into talking about a little Bryson DeChambeau, because we, you know, it's obligatory at this point, because he was the favorite, and everybody was talking about him all week. Um Bernhard Langer's average drive was 260 yards this week at Augusta. Bryson had the longest average drive of 323. So basically 63 yards shorter. He's averaging four clubs different. Uh, Like, literally, I remember on number nine, I think Langer had four iron in. Or on 18, I'm sorry. Langer had four iron and DeChambeau had, like, pitching wedge. What? yeah, I believe it was on Friday. I was watching Bernhard or Friday or Saturday morning, and on one he had three wood in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then uh, he had a uh, he had hybrid in um, on number nine or eighteen the last day. He did hit a lot of really long clubs, but it just goes to show you um, it it was kind of endearing as a golf fan to know that guys on tour like if if you have a good short game you don't need to be that long um and i would say abram answer showed us that too i mean he was in contention uh until sunday which it was his first masters so that's that was not too surprising but what'd you say abram answer swing speed is 109 yeah it was his average swing 109 yeah and, and realistically for a tour player that's below average yeah i mean dustin and, johnson was at 120 just for some yeah. reference yeah that's and i mean it's generally three yards per every two to three yards per every mile per hour so you're thinking there's a 20 to 30 yard uh gap between those two and especially with how soft it was playing i mean they're the par fives were playing longer than they ever have um you saw guys like even Sun J M and a few of those guys that are I would say around average, 
um, or maybe a little above average distance, they had three woods into some of the par fives. Um, number eight played longer than it ever has. I yeah, mean, I think uh, I, I want to say was it Friday when I we caught we talked about this in the live show, but there was nobody that hit the green all day except for Bryson. He was the yeah. only dude that hit the green in two, which you don't see on tour very often. It's it's every par five is usually gettable in two if they hit a good drive and there's plenty of good drives out there but they that forces you to get up there and try to wedge it close instead of trying to overpower it like bryson tried to do all week and and just hit it in two and two putt for birdie or maybe make eagle can we quickly talk about john ron's john rom's experience on the eighth hole yes let's talk about that (laughs) that was electric because i i really thought that he was just in the zone i mean he was playing really good golf he kind of caught a few bad breaks here and there and he really wasn't making any putts but he was hitting it as good as anyone and i remember they panned over to him on the par five and i was like oh this sets up perfect for him he's gonna work a draw around the corner um you know he he's got the distance to get there in two and he borderline tops it and i think it it made me realize how big that hill is in front of him (laughs) because i mean he hit it probably five feet off the ground and it had a vicious hook on it. I mean, it was it was roping. Yeah, that was, um, that was what we like to call a worm burner. Yeah, there's a few other nicknames for them, but they're <laughs> they're not podcast appropriate. But uh, a dick high laser, <laughs> yeah, is another one of them. It was a snap hook though, and it. <laughs> I mean, I just did not. It just came out of nowhere. But the even better shot was his third. Because he had a pretty sizable gap uh, between the trees to, to wedge it up. or It wasn't even a wedge. I think he was going to punch it and kind of run it up over the uh, those mounds short left and try to get it close. But he literally just pushed it like five yards. And a lot of people don't realize that. And I, I figured a tour pro would know. But generally when you put it that far back in your stance when you're trying to hit it low, you generally do push it a little bit. Because the, the club face hasn't had time to, to rotate over, so it, the, the face is going to point a little bit right when you're playing it that far back in your stance. And he just pushes it, kneels a tree, and goes into the bushes. And you rarely see a tour pro compound mistakes like that, especially a guy that's double digits under par at the Masters on Sunday. Um, it was just hilarious. And his reaction, I mean, he ended up, I think he salvaged a seven, which was or did he make six or no i think he made seven but just to come out of there with double after two absolutely atrocious shots was was pretty damn impressive because uh that's pretty easy for guys like that to to make eight nine ten <laughs> like tiger did on sunday at uh, 13 we haven't talked about that either yeah so speaking of tens uh tiger woods Let's let's talk about his masters. He started out first ever first bogey free round with a sixty eight on Thursday. Not great, but also right there, right where he needed to be, and then just couldn't really get it going the rest of the masters. Like you said, on Sunday made that uh, made the ten on twelve, the par three, very easy hole, rinsed his tee shot, uh, spun it back and rinsed it again off the approach shot, so now he's dropping Five hitting six from the middle of the fairway hits it in the back bunker seven blades it over the green into the water eight or no excuse me he's hitting five from the fairway again into the back bunker six over the green seven drops eight hits nine and makes a ten and actually uh there was a better out there that bet tiger woods to make a 10 on any hole at plus fifteen thousand. 
So he bet one dollar and won one hundred and fifty dollars off that one bet. So, but then the most incredible thing from Tiger, and uh, I've actually got a, a little a little note here that maybe it's destiny that he wins the next Masters. So, Tiger, first of all, he finished with five birdies in his last six holes, which totally overshadowed by his ten and by everybody else that was playing well. And he finished, I think, you know, around even par for the whole Masters. But the incredible mental fortitude to come off of a 10 when you're not in contention and make five birdies in the last six holes at Augusta National was just unreal. We, there was not a six-hole stretch like that for anybody, the whole Masters. And I, there was a quote that I saw, and I don't know the exact quote, but basically it said something like, this is, this is the a true sport where you know you're not going to sub you out. There's no there's no timeouts. You you got to just keep going and oh, and that was stay. From Tiger, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Tiger said that he was like, "There's nobody out there to, to save you. <laughs> you know, you got to save you." Or no, was it Rory? No, it was Tiger yeah. that said it. Okay, it was Tiger that said it. And he's like, "There's nobody out there to, to help you out. You have to figure it out on your own." And that's that's kind of the beauty of it. And it's it can also be very dark <laughs> when you when you're at a low point out on the golf course and you feel so alone, like you're just lost. Yeah. Um, well, but so- yeah, it, it showed a lot. I'm going to contradict your point a little bit. I think it was easier for him to make all those birdies coming in because after making a ten, literally all the pressure is off you. You know, he wasn't even, I mean, he wasn't in contention to begin with, but then he was really, really out of it. Um, I mean, you still got to hit golf shots, but I think that the closing stretch for him meant less after he made that 10. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah, definitely. But it just shows, it goes to show you that his game's still there. And here's a little interesting fact. So in 2012, Bubba Watson won the Masters. In 2013, he didn't win it, but he made a 10 on number 12. And then 2014, he won the Masters again. So if Tiger Woods can recreate a little bit of that beauty and win the Masters here in 140 days, that uh, history will repeat itself, which we've seen. I want to get over to a couple of other little standout performances. I'm going to give Kevin Na the Spencer Big Drive Spence performance of the week. Uh, finished 8-under, so he was in the top. Uh, he finished 13th. Uh, not a bad score considering he had a, a total of 123 putts. So he averaged basically 30 and a half, 30 and a three quarters putts per round. And of course, we talked about he had 39 putts on uh, Thursday, which was a record. And he basically, since he was the first player since 2009 um, to hit every single green at Augusta. And he was the first player since basically the scoring has been real, you know, golf scoring back in the day used to kind of, they didn't track all the stats and everything, but he's the first player in 30 years to shoot over par at Augusta, hitting every single green. So not the best record to set, but he definitely is now in the Masters record books after that 39 putt performance on Thursday. That's some big drive Spence energy right there for sure. Absolutely. And uh, another, basically, well, let's get into Bryson a little bit. Uh, his performance on the week, very roller coaster ish. We talked about him losing the ball, right? Did you hear that uh, the neck, he was playing the next hole and the spotter found his ball from the last hole? And oh, there's nothing worse. And the spotter came up and tossed him the ball. <laughs> Oh my god! And said, "Here it so is, pissed. dude. I would have lost my shit if yeah, something like that happened." Yeah, I was very impressed that Bryson didn't completely pop his top. We talked about that on the live stream, but 
I was shocked that he didn't just lose his shit because he was trying to get a ruling for embedded ball, but it's kind of hard to say a ball's embedded if you can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's uh, another really weird, shitty rule in golf. But yeah, that's uh, that's just bad luck, and he kind of brought it upon himself. I mean, one of the things that that Nick Fowler talked about, and and Dustin Johnson kind of exemplified, and a lot of other guys that came into the week playing well, where they were really quiet, you know. You give Dustin Johnson, uh, or you you got to give the course all the credit in the world. It's it's like going in to play Alabama, and you're like, oh, I think we're beatable, or I think we can beat him. You know, it's just like Augusta's got like some blackboard or some whiteboard material. You know, <laughs> I don't think anybody's gonna go in and say Augusta's a par sixty seven and end up actually beating the shit out of it. It's just a bad omen. You know, when you're going into a a big game like that, whether it be golf or basketball or football, you give your opponent all the credit in the world, you hype them up. And then if you go out and beat them, it just makes you look that good. But when you go out and, and say, Oh, they're definitely beatable. I think we, I think we can uh, really take advantage of so-and-so whatever. They're going to make it a point to, uh, and it doesn't necessarily work like that in golf because the, the golf course isn't fighting back. But it just makes you look like a general dickhead when you uh, come out and say that you're going to shoot. If it, In his eyes, if he would have shot even par, to his par, he would have shot 20 under. Yeah, and so. which is what Dustin did. And, and he had, yeah. and like, so some other stats from Bryson's week, like we talked about earlier, he did lead the field in driving distance. Um, he thought he had COVID at one point. He said he was dizzy and feeling all weird. That's, you know, excuse city. Um, oh my God, yeah. And I know Tiger, I kind of felt like Tiger was getting to that realm too. He was really Oh yeah, where late. he was grabbing his back. Yeah, oh super. Oh my God, I was about to tweet that. I was like, Tiger looks at leaderboard and then, and then Tiger grabs his lower back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, And then he also, uh, kind of funny stat, he made every, Bryson made everything this week, two through seven. So he made a two, a three, a four, a five, a six, and a seven. So he had quite the uh, roller coaster week. Didn't overpower the course like we thought, but even from the start, there was a chance if he would have had his putter going earlier. Of course, he hit some crazy shots and and put himself in position, hitting three off the tee a few times. But he had some he had some chances to start getting hot and just never could do it. Because like we talked about, you still have to wedge it close and you still have to make putts at Augusta, especially. You can't can't just plan on hitting it deep every hole and just making and just getting handed birdies. You know, they put the. T- pins in tough spots and spots where they're not easy to reach and not easy to make three so yeah it was uh quite the display from bryce and you could see the frustration but yeah i I don't know if he said he had vertigo or he thought he had covid i don't know why being dizzy equates to you having covid but going with the old jason day vertigo play i'm surprised he didn't go down to two knees or or lay down on the golf course at some point if he was feeling that dizzy. I mean, I personally got dizzy watching him take five or six practice swings. I would like to see how many calories he burns out on the golf course because the effort, like, he he goes basically three or four full-speed practice swings, and then he takes an absolute um, gnarly gash at the ball, like, just, just 
traced a whale on it, and he, it, it's pretty evident. So, I he he definitely puts more effort <laughs> into eighteen holes of golf than anybody out there. Just sheer power and effort. Oh yeah, there's that one hole where they caught him before he was teeing off, and he's taking the practice swings, and you can just hear him. He's like, it's like kind of like the Max Scherzer equivalent. He was like, <clears throat> he's like breathing all heavy before he fucking hits the tee shot, dude. I was dying. They're like, Bryson's really working out here, dude. He was like fucking full on grunting. Uh, he, he, as much as we love to talk shit about him, he is a fun watch out on the golf course and, uh, he'll, he'll definitely be in majors. He'll definitely be back at the masters here in a couple months in April. And you got to just respect the dude's game. But at the same time, it's like any, any professional athlete, you respect their game, you respect how good they can be, but if they're going to talk and run their mouths, then they should have every opportunity to be, you know, disrespected in the same in the same instant when they don't perform. And like you said, getting beat by a 63-year-old Bernhard Langer driving at 60 yards shorter than him is just a kind of a humbling moment, I think, for him in this in this exact instance. Oh yeah, exactly. And and kind of talking about what we were referencing with uh, Bryson calling it a par 67. It opens you up to be completely humbled. You know, if D- Dustin would have gone out and shot around even par or a few over, nobody would have been like, oh, he really overlooked it this week. You know, he, it would have been like, oh, he wasn't playing good. But when you say shit like that, like Bryson did, you open yourself up for catching a, a whole ration of shit. So he, he did that. And I think as he gets older, he'll understand um and i'm not saying like i'm some wise old sage here but i think as he gets older he'll understand to just keep his mouth shut go out there and and play the game and and kind of let the chips fall where they may and i actually think brooks kepka has gone through a little bit of that too where he was saying dj well he was talking shit about dj going into sunday the major and then it's like, bro, you still got to go out there and perform. I mean, if you go out there and shoot five or six under on Sunday, then you can say whatever you want. But uh, you have no room to talk if you're going out there shooting 73, 74 on Sunday afternoon in a major. So. Exactly. Well, and congrats to Dustin Johnson, of course, an incredible performance. Uh, cool, really cool to see him tear up at the end. I was, I was almost tearing up a little bit, you know, because you can just tell how much that means to him. He's kind of got the rap for like not having a personality really on tour, so it was cool to see him kind of get the green jacket from Tiger, go up there, you know, his brother on the bag. That's awesome. He had Paulina. Yeah, his brother cried before he did. Which yeah, was... he had Paulina Gretzky, of course, absolute rocket. He's grabbing a full hand of ass, walking off the 18th green, <laughs> just a true legend. And then he takes a picture the next day with uh, Wayne Gretzky um, and Wayne's wearing his brother's caddy suit and just big, big golf guy, Wayne Gretzky, the, the great one. So uh, he's winning not only on the course, but off the course. So big congratulations to DJ, man. I, was just... I bet he, uh, real quick, I bet he set another record for nose beers. <laughs> Sunday night nose beers oh, is dude. probably another record he set for the week that's uh, non-documented, but I, I bet there's a pretty good chance. Yeah, well, the thing I like about Dustin that just makes it so cool is he, he embodies what the new wave of golf is, really. He's not that stuck-up old, like, he just hits it far, he makes birdies, He but he also enjoys, like you said, the nose beers, um, he, the partying, he, yeah, the, yeah, he, he just like golf, he has another life or not, that's not just golf. You know what I mean? And like you talked about kind of Sun JM right now is just kind of golf is his life and, and you can get up to the top playing that way too. But that's why it's so refreshing to watch Dustin and what he does just, just, he, 
seem, seemingly doesn't care. Everybody gives him that wreck, but uh, it's not that he doesn't care. He's just that good, and he 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 grinds when he needs to grind. He works hard, play hard. That's that's his motto, and it's cool to see you can win majors and be the number one player in the world, kind of having that motto. So. Oh no doubt. Well, I think. It can probably be a little frustrating for guys like Amber Manser, Sun JN, where they, I mean, Dustin Johnson is a rare breed of golfer. Um, a lot of guys aren't afforded the same, um, the, how, how do you put this, the, the same amount of, uh, like he, he, like you said, he doesn't need to practice a whole lot because he's so talented. And a lot of guys aren't afforded the same thing in golf because golf is a working man sport. But he's just so freaking good that he can leave a bender, a weekend bender, and go out and shoot sixty three. You know, it's it's one of those things where you he, he doesn't need to necessarily grind in order to win, and he does grind. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't need to like a lot of guys do out there. Exactly. So we're looking forward to the next Masters. Thanks to all those who joined us on Twitter, interacted with us, saw our videos, um, and took in our live show on Friday night. That was a good time. We'll do that again. Uh, majors, we'll start doing that every week. Um, appreciate you guys all listening in this episode of Big Drive Energy. If you guys want to head over to the DNVR Locker, uh, dnvrlocker.com, use our code BDE. You can get 10% off anything in the store. We got some new buff shirts, some new Ram shirts. We got new hoodies, uh, camo hoodies. Are so sick. I'm copping that for sure. But use our code BDE. It'll save you 10%. Also head over to uh, WGT Golf every weekend from now through Christmas. We're going to be having tournaments, so make sure you get in on those. Um, thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back later in the week with another episode of Big Drive Energy. For Big Drive Spence, Big Drive Mitch, we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.